calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Hello, my name is Bud Hazlitt, and I'm the head of risk management and derivatives for CFA Institute. I'm here with Barton Waring, author of Pension Finance. Barton, welcome. Thanks a lot, Bud. Could you tell me about uh, what you had in mind when you were writing this book? Well, the book is, is, um, is intended to address the problems that we have with, with pensions um, in, this, um, in this time. Pensions are uh, vastly underfunded today and, and really in crisis, and we're, we're in danger of losing them. Um, the source of the problem, in my opinion, is that we've been accounting for them with uh, some traditional actuarial uh, book value methods that, that um, vary uh, tremendously from economic reality, from the real market value of the promises that, that are being made to, to pensioners and, and employees. And so the book is really a, a kind of a clean sheet rewrite, if you will, of uh, pension actuarial science uh, in an effort to give us tools that accurately reflect market values and, and let us manage pension plans more successfully. These issues really have a big impact on bottom lines for corporations, don't they? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, pension uh, expense and pension contributions are, are major uh, expense and, and cash flow items for for. Uh, corporations and, and for uh, state and local government uh, bodies as well. Now, is the low interest rate environment causing some of these issues? Well, as interest rates have declined because these pension plans haven't been hedged, hedging the assets to the liabilities, um, the decline in interest rate has caused them to become even more unfunded than they were. So it's been hurtful to them. If interest rates start going back up, they'll be one of the few organizations out there that will be grateful for that because it will improve their health. And we also just came through a decade of relatively small equity returns also, so... Yes, over the last uh, uh, 12 years, um, from the year beginning of the year 2000 through the end of 2011, um, the S&P 500 only had a total return averaging half a percent per year. Um, the actuaries for public plans were counting on 8% returns per year, and, and uh, so as a consequence, the assets are grew to less than half of what they were expecting them to grow to. That's caused a big part of the problem. Uh, one of the chapters I liked in your book was entitled Tough Love, Saving the Underfunded Pension Plan. How do we do that? Well, you know, the, the scope of the problem is huge, and so this is a difficult thing to tackle. We have something like uh, $4, maybe $5 trillion worth of underfunded pension plan benefits. Um, that thus are exposed to uh, uh, insecurity from the point of view of the pensioners, and that four to five trillion dollars needs to be made up somehow by public employee plan sponsors and corporate plan sponsors. Um, needless to say, none of those organizations uh, are looking forward with pleasure to the notion of coming up with their portion of that four or five trillion dollars. Um, 
And in fact, um, with market returns having been bad, um, tax revenues are down for public bodies, uh, corporate revenues have been down. Uh, none of these organizations are really in a position to think about increasing their contribution rate as, as they would need to do to properly fix this problem. So what I've suggested is that uh, somewhere between greater contributions and benefit modifications, uh, a euphemism, if you will, for uh, maybe uh, uh, trimming the size of some of these benefits uh, is something that I think is in the best interest of both employer organizations, the employers uh, as well as the employee organizations. Uh, today, uh, you, might, uh, you might wonder why decreasing benefits would be in the interest of the employees, but um, if the benefits aren't secure, if they're going to be defaulted on, it's no point in having a big benefit. And uh, in the techniques that have been used uh, in the past to finance pension plans, effectively, uh, those techniques have operated to price benefits as if they could be paid for at about half the cost that actually is required to pay for them on a secure basis. So, um, you know, if we, if we slide the benefits down a little bit and make some more contributions uh, and change to a market value-based uh, method of financing, we can actually make those benefits perfectly secure. Uh, we can make this an, a pleasant ride for the sponsor instead of an unpleasant ride with continuous negative surprises. So basically the tough love is everybody's going to have to give up something. Uh, investment policy isn't going to solve the problem, but some sort of a rationalization of the benefit promise uh, to align with the sponsor's ability to pay and to think about that um, payment as a part of the total compensation package for each and every employee uh, so that we negotiate this as part of total compensation. I thought these pension plans were insured uh, through government organizations or whatever. Um, corporate plans are insured um, to a degree uh, through the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, the PBGC. Uh, the PBGC itself is vastly underfunded. Um, there's not a clear um, path that the U.S. government and the taxpayers would necessarily back it up either. Um, so it itself faces uh, some default. Public employee pensions don't have any kind of guarantee backing them up. Um, so, uh, you know, benefits that are insecure are truly insecure. A while back, I remember reading about uh, one of the airlines having some issues with their pensions. Uh, is that indicative of what we might experience in the future if some of the things you're saying aren't uh, enacted? Yes. Uh, historically, um, it was auto companies and steel companies that were having trouble and defaulting on pensions. Uh, in more recent years, uh, most of the major airlines have, uh, have defaulted and gone bankrupt and, and uh, uh, sent their pensions off to the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. Um, I think um, if we don't fix pensions, if we don't rationalize the benefit promise to match the sponsor's ability to pay, we're going to see more of these plans fall over of their own weight. Um, we're starting to see some uh, public plans uh, toy with uh, the more limited bankruptcy uh, laws that are available to, uh, to public uh, bodies, uh, but that started. Uh, bankruptcy often has been used as the tool to uh, avoid pension benefits in the past by corporations, and now we're starting to see some public bodies experiment with that. So uh, if we don't fix them, they'll eventually fall over in default of their own weight, um, you know, with public plans being only about 40% funded on an economic benefit secure basis. And uh, corporate plans, uh, they say that they're about 85% funded, but that's the book basis. It's more like 60% funded. 
um, it's, uh, it's not a pretty picture. And you think it will continue to get worse in the, the near future? Well, um, I, I think, um, you know, the, the bright lights are, you know, not necessarily bright lights for other people, but if interest rates do go up, as many fear, that will help. Um, many sponsors are putting more contributions in. Uh, California being an example with its PERS plan has dramatically increased their contributions. They're still not high enough, in my opinion. Um, but they nonetheless are, are working in their own way to, to try to make the problem better. Um, is it uh, going to be too little too late? We don't know yet, uh, but there's reason for, for sincere concern. Okay, are there a couple closing points that you'd like our audience to uh, remember as we move forward? Well, uh, yes, I think the key issue is the discount rate. And every time we raise the discount rate above the risk-free rate, which is these benefits should be free of risk, um, every time we raise above that, as we do for both corporate and for public plans, we, in effect, are just artificially finding a way to reduce the contribution today. Um, but if the contributions are reduced today, it's the same number of dollars of benefits that have to be paid out in the future. And for the same investment policy, that necessarily means that it's going to be higher contributions later. We're just deferring. And at high rates of interest, we're deferring these payments. Uh, further, uh, anytime we have a sustained period of disappointing returns, like this last 12 years that I mentioned, um, it creates uh, leveraged issues because that deferral with the high discount rate uh, gets leveraged uh, when uh, you have a 40 or 50 percent uh, reduction in the amount of assets that you are planning on having. So um, the book really is an effort to give sponsors, uh, to give plan sponsors a way to to rationalize the management of their plan, um, uh, to manage the plan on a basis that's sustainable for the very, very long term, uh, to manage the plan on a basis that has no drama. It's not a roller coaster ride. It's a merry-go-round. Uh, so it's, a, it's an attempt to give sponsors a tool to do a, a better job of managing benefits. Great. Well, Barton, thank you very much. That was very interesting. And thank you for joining us for another episode of Take 15. Copyright 2012 CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.